All right, guys, Ivor Margerison here, and today's episode is brought to you by Walmart parking lots and Starbucks bathrooms. You can say what you want about Walmart, say what you want about Starbucks, but at the end of the day, as someone who spends a lot of time living in their van, I got to say these are an invaluable resource that I have a lot of love for. With that, let's get into the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Do New Podcast. <laughs> Do New. All right, so today's topic is van life, stealth camping, car camping, living in your van, hanging out in your van, the whole world of existence within vehicles of any kind. So let's kind of let's kind of get into that. So first off, when we talk about van living, it can kind of go in a lot of different directions. Now, for me personally, I kind of spend different bouts of time in my van. I'm currently running like a seven, eight month stretch where I'm actually in it full time. And a lot of people I think are similar to that or they're more of just kind of car campers. They have a setup that they use in the summer and it becomes a convenient option when they're out adventuring or road tripping. So whatever the case, this you know episode is gonna kind of get into all of that. In general, it applies to anyone who, I guess, sleeps in their vehicle and their vehicle isn't like a full-time RV with a bathroom and a full kitchen and a full bed because in that case, well, I don't know, a lot of people's RVs are nicer than my apartment, so. There's not really that much to talk about. So anyway, let's get into it. So first off, now van life, car camping, a big thing that people talk about is stealth camping. Now with stealth camping, I'm going to kind of break that down for you guys. Basically, that means that you are sleeping in your car or you know living in your vehicle, but no one knows. So for example, if you have a big sprinter van with four bikes on the back and a kayak on top, and you have a bumper sticker that says, get lost in Montana, that's not really stealth camping because everyone basically knows someone's sleeping in that van. Now you run into some issues with that. Say you wanted to, you know, park in a residential street somewhere, you know, there's a lot of different areas you might want to sleep or park and, you know, a vehicle might be allowed, but a camper isn't allowed. And at that point you basically look like a camper. So once people know you're sleeping in your vehicle, it kind of restricts the places that you can park overnight or sleep overnight. It also can make you a target. So say you, you know, leave your vehicle, park somewhere for the day. When someone sees a vehicle that someone's living in, it looks like a target. You know, they think, oh, I bet they have their laptop in there, you know, their cameras, that kind of stuff. So it kind of can become more of a target, but in general, it just draws a lot more attention to you. So then the opposite side of this is called stealth camping. Now with stealth camping, you a lot of times are in a vehicle. It's either a van that you've converted or whatever the case, a Subaru or a car, anything really that you can, you know, sleep in, but that on the outside, people don't know that you know, you're sleeping in it. So for example, I have a, a Chevy Express passenger van and I have the wind windows all tinted out and it's very kind of arbitrary. It's a dark blue color. I got this custom license plate that just says F009 and I have a little American flag next to the license plate. So it's very odd. Like I don't really know what my van looks like, but I personally don't think it looks like the kind of van that someone's living in, which you know, again, kind of gives you some different opportunities. And it's the, it's the same thing with a lot of people in general with stealth camping, you need to have a vehicle that doesn't look like a camper. You can't have a bunch of luggage racks or bicycles. You can't have a bunch of bumper stickers that make it look like you're a rock climber. 
and you need to have your windows to be able to be blacked out. That's the big thing. Now you don't want to just have shades that close that go across your window because that looks like someone's sleeping in it. So the best option, the big thing really, I think, is making sure your windows are able to be, you know, kind of blacked out in a way that doesn't look like you're doing it specifically because you're sleeping on the inside. So for me, I got like a really dark tint on my windows and then I have these just kind of black felt blinds that go up all the way around. So when I'm in sleep mode, all the windows just kind of look blacked out, which, you know, I think again, kind of gives you some different opportunities. Now within um, stealth camping in the van life, you know, car camping in general, there's a few questions that I get all the time on social media and different platforms. Basically it's sleeping, eating, and bathrooms. So I'm going to get into all three of those for you guys, give you some tips and tricks, kind of break it down for you. If you are a fellow car camper or living in your van and you have other ideas or suggestions or thoughts, be sure to reach out to me on Instagram or whatever the case, because I'd love to hear more. You know, I've, I am not the most experienced van dweller in the world. It's just something that I have spent some time doing. And, you know, I thought I would share some of the stuff that I've learned. So let's start with sleeping. Where do you sleep when you're in your van? Well, first off, you know, say you know someone or you have friends or something like that. I travel a lot when I do my big road trip around the country. I kind of have a list, a map of different friends and I go to their houses kind of along the way and I'll stay with them. So that's obviously one option, but not always practical for everyone. Now, specifically, when we're talking here about urban camping more. You know, if you're boondocking it or you're, you know, out on, you know, forest lands or whatever federal areas, campgrounds, that's a lot different. That's pretty easy. I mean, there's always a campground that you can pay to stay at. And depending on where you are in the country, Utah and Colorado, there's a lot of public lands where you can just park. So that's pretty straightforward. You don't think you need much help with that. But in general, when you're road trip, when you're road tripping across America, kind of doing more urban camping, there's a few kind of tricks that come to mind for me that I thought I would share. So the big one, obviously, anyone who's done much car camping knows Walmart is sort of a godsend. Uh, They're all over the place. They're 24 hours. Although to be fair with, um, from my understanding, it's actually a pressure from Amazon taking away kind of shares from Walmart. A lot of Walmarts are no longer 24 hours, which I'm kind of freaking out about. I just did a big trip out to California and I had my whole plan was to stay in Walmart the whole time. I'd done it before and it worked out well. And I got out there and most of the Walmarts in California are no longer 24 hours, which means at 1 a.m. when they close, they actually hire a security guard to drive circles around the lot and you cannot sleep there overnight. So be aware In some places, Walmart is a very good option. In other places, it is becoming more restricted. But up until very recently, Walmart was a great option. It was 24 hours. The parking lots were well lit, kind of makes you feel safe. And there's also a bathroom there, which is, you know, kind of the big part of it. There's lots of places to park, but, you know, if you don't have a bathroom in your setup, you know, you need a bathroom. Walmart obviously is nice too, because you can go inside, grab an avocado, a roll of toilet paper, that kind of stuff. So it's convenient. So I'm a big fan, of, big fan of Walmart. Now, the other option when you're road tripping is truck stops. The big ones like Loves and Pilot, they have, they always kind of have a row of cars. I'm not really sure what the official rules are, but there's usually a row of cars, people kind of sleeping, you know, obviously truck drivers all sleep there overnight. So they don't seem to really mind it. There's always, you know, like I said, kind of a row of vans and you can, you can always park there. What's that's again, is they have 24 hour bathrooms. You can go in there convenience store, food, that kind of stuff. Now, another great thing, and we'll get into this in the next section, is that these truck stops also have, a lot of them have showers as well. 
But the other thing is uh, when you're road tripping rest areas, depending on where you are in the country, these can be a good idea. Some people are very hesitant and scared of rest areas along the highway. My mom in particular would have a heart attack if she knew I was sleeping at a rest area. But in some parts of the country, they're very different. I've been to places down in kind of Alabama, that area, Florida, where they actually have a 24-hour guard there, which I guess would make it safe. But in a lot of the country, um, kind of more the West Coast that I've traveled, and in particular Colorado, the rest areas are basically campgrounds. I mean, if you're in Colorado at a rest area on a weekend in the summer, it looks like a campground. Everyone there is in a van or a camper. People are hanging out. It's, it's like a party. So those ones, you know, depending on where you are, you know, obviously they have 24 hour bathrooms, vending machines, some of that kind of stuff. So they are convenient. They do offer a good option. They're right along the highway, but in some areas of the country, I, you know, I guess they can be dangerous. So keep that in mind. And the other one, the other side of it is, you know, the stealth camping part. And, you know, I'm not going to condone this. I'm not going to say that I necessarily do it or that I think it's a good idea, you know, yada, yada disclaimer. But if you have a stealth camper, if you have a van with blacked out windows that maybe looks like, you know, you're a contractor or something, you can kind of just park, throw your car in park anywhere and sleep. I mean, anywhere that has legal overnight parking. Again, not, you know, whatever the laws, read your local rules. Some places have rules, some places don't. Some places don't have any rules against you sleeping in your car, and some places do. So that's one of those things. But when you have your car stealthed out, you are really able to just you know, you have that option to throw it in park and, and go to sleep, which is, you know, the advantage of not driving an RV. The other thing to, to keep in mind is that a lot of places, you know, in Colorado, you know, towns like that, Frisco, Colorado, I spend a lot of time up there. They have a parking lot that's specifically designated for campers and it's free and they have a porta potty. That's pretty rare. I don't see that a lot. But if you go online and Google, you know, overnight parking, car camping in so-and-so city, there's a lot of resources online. There's forms of different, you know, van camping people who, who give out some different resources and ideas. So that's another one to kind of keep in mind on the topic of sleeping in your vehicle. There's a couple questions I get asked a lot, pretty obvious ones, kind of get into some of my tips and tricks for dealing with hot temperatures and cold temperatures when it's really hot. I mean, you, unless you have an RV and you're able to run your AC, which isn't usually an option when you're car camping, really, you just got to crack your windows, have some fans. Um, now the problem is when your vehicle's not running, if you have fans that are running on the vehicle battery, you might kill your battery. So what I have is a like big mobile, almost phone charging bank, but it's a, it's a bigger one. So it's a kind of a heavy duty. I think it costs like $150 and that thing holds a, quite a bit of power. I'm able to charge that up while I'm driving. And then that mobile battery bank is able to run three different fans that I have throughout my van. All of those fans are actually USB fans. They plug into this battery bank. I have USB extension cords and these fans are all throughout the van. I'm able to crack all my windows and use those fans to keep the air kind of flowing. The trick is to have one fan that blows out a window and another fan that blows in. So you create kind of like a, a you know, funnel so that you, your air is traveling through it. And that's really your best bet. Now at night, if you can strategically park so that the sun isn't going to, you know, start heating up your vehicle right away in the morning, that's a great way to get sleep in a little bit more. You know, anytime you can find shade, obviously that's important. And then also getting those windows covered so that, you know, you don't have the sunlight coming right in. That's going to heat things up a lot faster as well. Now on the cold topic of it, uh, I spent a lot of time in Colorado in the winter. So that's a question I get a lot. Basically, you know, you get, you get a couple sleeping bags. You get, I have a big, nice sleeping bag. I got some blankets that go over the top. I snuggle down in it. It's fine. I mean, it's safe. It's not necessarily the most comfortable thing in the world, but the big thing you need to remember is that 
In the summer, most people know to crack their window, but in the winter, you have to crack your window as well. That's the biggest thing with car camping in general, is you always have to sleep with a window cracked, or else all the moisture, the condensation from you breathing and sweating, that'll all build up in your vehicle. Things will start getting damp, you can get mold, but you also lose your insulation. So even in the winter, you've got to crack your window. Now, if you have windows that crack and then snow or, or rain can get in, that's not obviously good. So you can get those little uh, wind visors that go at the top of your window. Some people think of them for like people who smoke, they let it. Anyway, the point is they have those things that go over the top of your the window and that allows you to crack your window without rain or snow getting in. And also no one can tell that your window's cracked, which is nice as well if you're stealth camping. So that's kind of the big thing. The only other trick I have is I have auto start in my van. So in the summer, I can turn on to get the AC going for 20 minutes or in the winter when I wake up in my sleeping bag, I'm able to click that, let it run for 20 minutes, get the heaters going, um, get it nice and warm in there before I have to get out of my sleeping bag. But other than that, you know, the hot temperatures, the cold temperatures, they're inconvenient, but you are able to deal with them if you have the right gear, a little bit of strategy. The big thing is keep those window cracked and, uh, Make sure you have a couple fans that can be running in both the summer and the winter for that matter. Now, beyond sleeping, the next thing is eating. So uh, eating in general, a lot of people get kind of confused about it in my van. I do not have a full kitchen. I do not have a sink, but I actually do quite a bit of cooking in there. Basically, what you all you need is a little propane or butane stove. It's like a very small portable setup and a pot. And uh, that's, you know, a spoon. And from there you can cook kind of whatever you want. You know, I have a big Yeti cooler. I keep my food cold. I have a lot of dry goods. You know, I have oatmeal, things like that, obviously. And the big thing is I spend a lot of time in urban areas. So I'll go into a grocery store, grab a couple of vegetables, grab a, you know, quarter of a pound of meat, cut it all up, put it in a pot, stir it up and, you know, eat dinner like that. So there are kind of a lot of different options depending on how you play it. But the big step to take is to get that little stove and get a pot and get a spoon and, you know, kind of go from there. Whether or not the cooler is kind of where it gets tricky. Now, a lot of people, the big dilemma is like, do you try to get a fridge? Now, to put a fridge in a, in a van, you basically have to have, it's a pretty big investment, you know, kind of a project. You need to get some solar panels, some deep cycle batteries, that's the generally the step because most fridges that plug into your vehicle, they only are cold when the car's running or if the car's not running, they might drain your battery. So there's some issues there. So to getting into the fridge thing, it's not something I know a lot about because I haven't done it. Personally, I go for a Yeti cooler. I have it underneath my bed. So it has kind of an extra layer of insulation on hot days. And I just go to, I go to McDonald's, I go through the drive-thru and I get a bag of ice. It's $1. That's the real secret. McDonald's, bag of ice, through the drive-thru, $1. And so I do that. You know, I keep my cooler full quite a bit. It is, you know, slightly inconvenient, but for me, it just wasn't worth going the fridge direction. Again, the other thing too is that, you know, just buying fresh food from a grocery store and cooking it, that's an option too. The big thing, one of the other secrets beyond the $1 bag of ice, that's like my number one secret. The next thing is a spray bottle. For cleaning, there's nothing better than having a spray bottle. It really saves water. Trying to pour water onto stuff, it's really inefficient. You want to have a little spray bottle. And a spray bottle, I use more paper towels than I'm proud of. But you can pretty much get your cleanup done like that and uh, have a pretty tight little setup and cook a lot of actually you know pretty good meals. 
So the other thing to keep in mind, uh, a lot of people don't realize or they just don't think about is that pretty much every gas station has a microwave. So a lot of times I'll mix up my my oatmeal, my nuts and my oats and all the stuff I want in it. And then I'll go into a, a gas station, put some water in it and microwave it. So that's always an option to, like I said, almost every gas station has a microwave. So I take uh, advantage of that, you know, actually quite a bit. My other go to option is and I think a lot of people have realized this you know, canned food, ready food. There's a lot of good options out there. I'm a big Costco fan and they sell canned chicken, which is surprisingly good. If you haven't tried it, don't knock it. It's absolutely delicious. I mean, for canned chicken, it's delicious. And then also like ready rice, the little pouches of kind of, you know, cooked rice. Cause that's one of the one things you will, you know, kind of have an issue with is like potatoes, you know, raw brown rice. Those kind of things have a long cook time, takes a lot of fuel, takes a lot of effort. So I like to buy, you know, ready rice, canned chicken, mix all that stuff up, put it in the pot with a little bit of cheese, get a good little meal going. So the other thing is uh, the bathrooms. That's kind of the third thing that everyone asks about. So again, in my van, I do not have a bathroom or a shower or anything like that. In the summer, I have like a solar shower that I use sometimes. It's basically a big a black plastic bag that fills with water. You lay it out in the sun, it heats up. And then you can, has like a spigot you can hang it from a tree and shower under it. I very rarely do that unless I'm like out boondocking it and hiking and stuff. But normally for my thing is I shower the same place I showered when I lived in my apartment. I go to the gym. I have a membership at 24 hour fitness. They're all over Colorado and yeah, it's a 24 hour gym with showers. So that's a pretty, pretty easy option for me. Like I said, I, I always showered there anyway. So it makes that pretty simple. The only thing is when you're traveling a lot, a lot of these 20, there's, you know, there's several different gyms, Anytime Fitness, Planet Fitness, 24 hour, but they're all different parts of the country. So this last road trip I did Phoenix to Florida, there wasn't a single 24 hour fitness, you know, for several days of that trip. So then you get, you got to get a little more creative. Like I mentioned earlier, my backup option is truck stops. They usually cost like $10 for a shower, but they're really nice. I know people have this like weird connotation, like truck stops are dirty or something, but nice truck stops are really nice. They have really clean bathrooms. They'll give you a clean towel. It's pretty nice. But again, that costs like $10. So I try to avoid that. Uh, recreation centers and things like that are always a good option. Community recreation centers generally tend to be a little more cheap. And that way I'll go get a workout in. Maybe there's a pool. I'll go for a swim and then I'll shower there. But my bread and butter is definitely my uh, my 24-hour gym membership, which I use often. The other thing to keep in mind is, you know, bathrooms in general. We live, you know, I'm, I'm in America. So, so luckily, like, bathrooms that are open to the public are sort of like a dime a dozen. You know, I've in other parts of the world, even Europe, sometimes they cost money. They're hard to find. But in America, it's like there's Starbucks everywhere. And they always have private bathrooms, which I appreciate. And, you know, they don't hassle you or anything about using them. Uh, Walmarts are another good option. Here's kind of my secret. I like to go to the back of the Walmart. Generally, there's there might be like a, like a family bathroom or something like that. If you want a little bit of privacy, you know, I you know sounds a little weird, but I brush my teeth in Walmart bathrooms quite a bit. So uh, that kind of thing. So the Walmarts, the Starbucks, but really anywhere, you know, bathrooms don't tend to really be that difficult to find. The other thing that you know, comes up beyond the sleeping, the eating in the bathrooms is, you know, where do you work or how do you do your computer stuff? And that one's become a little more obvious now. It's, you know, I have, I do a lot of my work from my phone. Also, my phone has a hotspot so I can work in my van, but you know, 
more obviously is I just go to a coffee shop and get on the Wi-Fi. So again, there are some different limitations and complications from living in your van and not having these things. But America is kind of the land of free Wi-Fi, free drinking water and free bathrooms. So it is monumentally easier than a lot of different parts where you might, you know, find some more restrictions on that. So with that being said, yeah, I mean, I really enjoy living in my van. It opens up a lot of options. Even if you just have like a regular car, if you find a way to drop that front seat down and make a little bed, basically the world becomes your oyster. You can go anywhere. You don't have to worry about paying for a hotel. It really opens up your possibilities. I don't know. For me, there's just nothing like a good road trip. I don't know. It really gets my adventurous spirit going. So van life, van living, it's, um, it's a lot of fun once you kind of start learning these tricks makes things a lot easier. Again, if you guys have any of your own tips and stuff like that, feel free to reach out to me. Find me on Instagram, Ivor Margerison. I'm always looking to hear from other people what they got going on. If you do want to see my van set up, I got some videos on the YouTube channel. It's just youtube.com slash do new. You can head over to do new.org. I know I'm dropping like a thousand different URLs right now, but anyway, I got, I got all sorts of videos about my van, some different how to's the blinds that I use on my windows. I'm really proud of They're magnetic and they cost like $5 to put up. So if you want some more information, head over to the YouTube channel with that, we're going to wrap things up. Thanks so much for stopping by. Hey.